Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. Who is excited for today's episode? I know I am. I'm especially excited to not only answer the age-old question of, should I have a blog for my e-commerce website, but also to give you some guidance on how to do the blog thing for your business if you decide it's right for you. And don't worry, I'm not going to make you wait too long for the answer to that question. In fact, I'm going to give it to you right now, though I have a feeling you're not going to like it. All right, so should you have a blog for an e-commerce website? Drum roll, please. The answer is, it depends. And I know you're probably annoyed with me right now, but please just hear me out. So here's the deal. In and of themselves, blogs are a good thing. Google loves written content. Users love to get answers to their questions, and your customers want more than just a sales pitch from you. But blogs aren't for everyone. So first, let me run through why blogs are a good thing for e-com businesses, and then we'll hash through why it may or may not be right for you. Like I already mentioned, Google loves written content. Sure, they're getting smarter with things like video and podcast rankings, but the written word is still a very powerful thing. I mean, there's a reason I turn every one of my podcast episodes into a full-on blog post. And remember, Google's number one goal is always to get the searcher to the most relevant answer to their query in the shortest amount of time and fewest clicks. That's why metrics like bounce rate and time on page are important to Google. It lets them know how much time someone is engaging on your website and ultimately good engagement pushes you up the rankings. In case you don't know what bounce rate on your website means, it's the percentage of people who leave your website after only visiting one page. So for example, if I go to your website, land on your homepage, but don't click anything else or navigate to any other pages before I leave your website, that's considered a bounce. Now, when it comes to signals to Google, a high bounce rate above 45% for e-commerce sends a signal that the page the user was on may not have been of value to them. Now, if you think about an informational website or a blog-only website, the bounce rate is typically much higher, but that's not always a bad thing. It's very possible a user came to the site, got the answers they needed, and left. And that's why time on page is also important. For instance, If you hit a site that has a super in-depth long-form article answering a question you had, 
even if it's the only page you visited, the fact that you spent seven minutes on the page actually reading the article is going to hold some weight as well. So now that we've got the lingo out of the way, why are blogs good for e-commerce? Well, there's a few reasons. One is that it's good for SEO overall, especially for those queries that are related to your product. Let's use Beard Brand as an example. They were content creators before they sold physical products, and content marketing is still a huge driver of their business. So let's say you've got the solution to a particular problem, like how to tame a frizzy beard. If you write a really great article about how to tame a frizzy beard and include your product as one of the solutions, now you've got a way for your ideal customer to find you organically and potentially turn them into a paying customer. This is also a great opportunity to position yourself as an expert in your space, establish your authority, and grow the know, like, and trust factor, which is essential to generating sales. I talk about this in episode 12 as well. That's the first part of the sales funnel series. And what's great about creating content like this is that sometimes the customer doesn't even know they have a problem yet, or they don't know that there is a solution. So having a blog is a great opportunity for you to both bring light to the problem, agitate the problem a little bit, and present them the solution. Another really great example of using a blog for e-commerce is the man registry. I think I mentioned them in that same podcast episode, episode 12, which I'll put a link in the show notes, but they do such a great job and hold the top rankings for a lot of their target queries. They sell mostly groomsmen gifts, so they create a shit ton of content around wedding and bachelor things. And if you search for the best groomsmen gifts, they hold the number one organic spot with a blog post. It's some really powerful shit. Blog posts are also a great way to grow your email list, either through content upgrades, which I talk more about in episode 12, or by just having a newsletter form in your sidebar. All right, let's recap really quick. Why are blogs good for e-com? They help you rank in Google and get organic traffic. You position yourself as an expert and authority in your space. It's value-added content for your customers that goes beyond just getting the sale. Now the question becomes, is a blog right for you? You'd be hard-pressed to find a business that wouldn't benefit from a blog or one that it doesn't make sense for at all, but there are some other things to consider like, do you have the bandwidth? Now, just like any solid marketing strategy, we have to make time and prioritize things, but there are going to be some businesses that just don't have that time, and that's okay. The thing about blogs is that it's a long-term play. Anything SEO is. The longer you've been in business, generally the faster you're going to see the results. But if you're new to e-com, you'd probably be better off spending more time on social media because you can make a much faster connection with your audience that way. Now, if writing is something that comes easy to you or you've got some cash to hire it out, then maybe it is worth it for you to start in the beginning because it can set you up for future success and give you something to regularly email your list, even if you don't have a ton of new product coming out. I just don't want you to hide behind writing blog posts instead of showing up and giving value on social. If you can't do both, do social first. 
For my established businesses out there, content marketing might just be your next big play. But if you're going to do it, it's important you do it right. Don't expect to just throw up a 200-word post and have the traffic rolling in. That may have worked back in the day, but Google prefers in-depth, long-form content over thin pages with little to no value. And what if you don't have the bandwidth or you feel like you won't have enough topics to talk about related to your product, but you still want to take advantage of written content for SEO? You totally can. You're just going to approach it a little bit differently. Instead of creating a ton of blog posts on a regular basis, you're going to create a few super in-depth, epic pieces of content. Think ultimate guides that answer the most asked questions related to your product or industry. So for instance, if you sell mattresses, you can write the most in-depth guide on the internet about how to get a good night's rest. And then instead of having this live in the blog section of your site, which is going to look bare if you only have a few pieces of content, you're going to put this on a page instead. Then you can link to it from your footer navigation bar and or put a section on your homepage with a call out for it. The other reason I like to put it on a page is because then there's no publish date associated with the post. If you've got this great epic post you created, but three years has gone by and there are no other posts on your blog, the reader is going to think the content itself is outdated, even if it's not. It's just human nature. And if you ever start blogging later down the road, you can totally move the content from the page to your blog. But if you think you'll only have a few initial posts and then nothing after that, go the pages route. So if you've decided that blogging is going to be a thing for you, then amazing. Here's how you can get started. First thing is to decide how often you're going to post. Consistency in blogging for e-commerce isn't quite as important as it is for just a blog website. But if you have a solid plan for how many articles you want to publish per month or per week, it's going to make it much easier to stay organized on the back end and actually get it done. If you're just getting started and don't have someone dedicated to this, start out with two posts a month and work your way up. Another way you can approach this is to make it a quarterly focus for someone. So maybe they batch create a ton of posts up front, creating lots of amazing evergreen, which is just non-time sensitive posts that you either publish all at once or you just drip out over time. If you do go the batch route, I would publish at least five or six posts up front so people can binge a little when you first start promoting it. Ultimately, you got to figure out what works for you. However you go about it, I would prioritize those big epic guides for those main questions around your product or industry first, as they're going to have the greatest SEO impact. And the good news is whatever blog content you do create can be repurposed in your emails and on social media. So sure, it's a lot of work up front, but it's got a really long shelf life and it's going to serve you in other parts of your business. So how do you find ideas for blog posts? You probably already have some in mind and you should definitely ask your team, but my first stop is always the website Answer the Public. You only get a couple free searches per day, but 
once you put in your main keyword, it's going to give you all the questions people are asking on the internet about that keyword. So for example, if you go and type beard as the keyword, you'll see queries like, can beards cause acne? How to make beard grow faster? How to trim a beard? Are beards unhygienic? Now you can go and create posts specifically to answer these questions and recommend your products. So when someone asks if beards cause acne, you can talk about proper beard and skincare with your products to prevent that. You might also talk about proper beard washing to answer the hygiene questions, so on and so forth. You get it, right? Once you've nailed down your topics, get them added to whatever project management tool you use and get it assigned to someone. Now, in terms of actually writing the post, there are a few things to keep in mind. One, write for the reader, not for Google. While you want to make sure your target keywords are included, you still want it to sound natural and make sure you're using variations of the keywords. Google can tell when you're just repeating the same word over and over. That's called keyword stuffing, my friend. And it does understand the relationship between different versions of the same word. So for instance, beard washing and keeping your beard clean, Google understands the relationship between those. And don't get too caught up in the keyword stuff. Yes, they matter, but writing for the user is more important. Two, use proper headings throughout the post to separate ideas and make the post easy to read. When you're actually formatting your content, like actually typing it into your blog, You want to make sure your text is broken up into smaller sections, each with its own headline. The reader should understand the post if they only read those headlines. Most people are going to skim the page, so it helps the end user, and it also helps Google understand what your page is about. And the headings come in multiple levels, H1 through H6. H1 is going to be the title of your blog post or page. 99% of themes will assign the H1 tag to this automatically. In the body of your post is where you're going to assign the H2 through H6 tags, though for blog posts, you probably won't go any deeper than H2. Essentially, the heading tags are setting the hierarchy of the post. The most important item, the title, will be your H1, and then your main supporting details will all be H2. Depending on the content you create, you might have H3s under those H2. So let me give you an example of this. So the title of the post, How to Get a Great Night's Rest. Your first H2 could be Create a Comfortable Place to Sleep. And now you're going to have supporting details underneath that, which will be your H3. So get blackout curtains, remove electronics from the bedroom, get a humidifier. Then the next H2 would be create a nighttime routine. Your H3s there would be change into your pajamas before your nighttime skincare routine. Create your to-do list for the next day so your mind isn't distracted when it's time to go to bed. You get the idea, right? And the way you actually assign these, if you didn't already know, is right in your text editor, the WYSIWYG or the what you see is what you get. 
Just highlight the text, find your format dropdown, and choose the correct heading. Now, just like your website, just because you wrote a blog post doesn't mean anyone's going to read it. So you'll want to make sure that you have a plan for promoting this blog post too. And back in the day when a lot of people were talking about content marketing, they would say content is king and distribution is queen. So like we talked about in the last episode, we talked about building out your email marketing calendar. You're going to want to work these posts into your regular rotation. So maybe every Tuesday, you know, you're going to have a new post that you're going to email. You can also repurpose this on social. Take those high level ideas, your H2s and create a list post. You can do this as a feed post or as a carousel with each idea on its own slide or even as a reel, an IGTV or a story. Then you can break each of those H2s down into their own post with the supporting ideas, your H3 as the content. Let me give you the example here. So you can create a post called how to get a good night's sleep and your main ideas would be creating a great sleeping environment and creating a nighttime routine. Then you can create two more posts, how to create a nighttime routine. And the second one would be how to create a good sleeping environment. You follow? And this works on all the channels, including Pinterest. And while you're obviously always sending them to the same place, you're breaking it down to create different hooks. And if we use Pinterest as the example, you can create multiple images for the same post with those different hooks, like as the text on the photo. So this way you're getting that one blog post pinned multiple times without it looking like the same pin. And one last note before I go. Don't be afraid to repeat yourself. Not everyone is going to see your stuff all the time, and you're going to have new people coming into your orbit at all different stages of your biz. This podcast episode is an example of that. I have covered this topic before in episode 12 that I mentioned earlier, but the angle is different. The content is a bit different too, because I'm going more in depth here with the actual how to format the blog posts, etc., but I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. And don't forget, friend, if you're listening to this in real time, I'll be live in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group this Thursday if you want some more support around creating content for your own business. If you're not sure if this is right for you, or if you have some content ideas you want to run by me, I'd love to have you there. That's all for today, friend. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.